Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 156 we're recording this live early in the morning on November 16th, 2013. That's a Saturday morning. And how's that, Asif? There you go. Three, we're, we're three years old, Rob. <laughs> I should have done my Jimi Hendrix version of that, right? Uh, we're we're, but, we're uh, past the terrible twos, Rob. We're past the terrible twos. And they, they weren't so bad. I mean, no, really, quite frankly, terrible ones. If you go back to the early episodes, the ones were not so good. In comparison, they were a bit rough. They yeah. were a little bit rough, and uh, but we are now cruising through. This is our third anniversary, 156 episodes down, and not only episodes down, see, but consecutive episodes. We haven't missed a single week. Uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I don't know how. Like with your schedule, like you know, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, like, how many miles do you think you have flown in the three years since we started doing this? Well, I mean, I, I mean, just just on Star Alliance, I mean, which is mostly what I fly, which is here in Canada, uh, and United, and, and that whole group. Uh, you know, I've probably done over three hundred thousand. I mean, I do over a hundred every year. So, hundred thousand yeah. a year. Yes? yes. So you have you have three hundred thousand. Okay. So I, I've compiled some statistics here that kind of date us in, in what we're doing. And I, I, I just want to go through this. And, and for those of you who, who don't know the origin of this, it was a very funny thing. I remember the conversation we had when we met at a conference in New York City, right? And then we, yep. we kept on meeting at conferences. And then I said, uh, you know, we started talking and then I called you on the phone. We were having this conversation. I said, see if you need to do a podcast for the Location-Based Marketing Associate. You need to, be, to do this. And I said, do you remember that conversation? I said, I do. Listen, I'll help you get things going. Or maybe I'll do the first 10 episodes. You'll find a, a co-host and then you guys can run with it and the LBMA <laughs> can own it and go. And then 156. And we're still here. We're still together. It's just so funny. 156 know, episodes awesome. later. So, uh, you know, I've compiled a little bit of uh, a few statistics. Uh, you know, 300,000 miles is what you've flown in those three years. Um, I think I've flown eight. Um, just in comparison, um, neither of us have had kids or new kids in those three years, which is great. Um, but yeah. here, there. can you, do you have any idea what the most talked about company is? The one that we reference the most in 156 episodes, aside from Untether.tv and the LBMA. Um, and, you know, we go in spurts, but do you know what the most consistently mentioned company is in these three years? Take Google? Google's up there, second. All and right. Facebook uh, and uh, and Instagram. How about eBay? eBay, no. eBay and Amazon, fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth, okay. Number one company, the one we love to hate. Foursquare? Foursquare, man. Foursquare, number one talked about company. Whether you All like right. it or not, the currency is there, right? Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I almost, I almost pulled pull them out uh, again this week on a story that they were doing with the, uh, with the NFL, but... Uh, because they're actually, you know, starting to make a little bit of money. I know. It's crazy. Like it's what crazy. The, You know, some of the things that they're doing, I, I actually launched the app um, yesterday trying to find some place to eat around here, and uh, and it didn't work. It was McDonald's and Harvey's, and but that's something we were looking for. So, But Foursquare, now we've added another episode of that. I haven't gauged the sentiment of the Foursquare, so that's just one piece we'll, of it. We'll talk about them next week because okay. uh, apparently, I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, but apparently the, the latest version of the app... Uh, the, they put out this week uh, now runs in the background as well. Oh, so wow. like you actually don't even have to launch the app and it'll start surfacing stuff. That is important. Uh, so that, that is a big move, but we'll talk about that next week. Well, there'll be another one and maybe, uh, yeah. so I, we should gauge the sentiment, whether, whether it's, it's good or bad. So four square number one, um, we have uh, had 104 guests on. So we've exposed our audience to 104 different beings. Some of them are duplicates, but uh, you know, not, We've just re-aired the interviews, but we've we've interviewed a couple of people twice, or uh, mm -hmm. been on two or three times. And today's guest uh, is actually Patrick Reynolds of Triton, and he's been on. This is the second time that we will have featured him. But 104 individual guests, which is very interesting. So bringing that that news, we have done. We've surfaced 1,248 stories over those three years. We have covered 1,248 stories in the location-based marketing world, which is astounding. Um, we have the average length of the episodes 53 minutes 
53 minutes is the average length. That means 8,268 minutes of content have been published since wow. our very first episode. And in those early discussions as well, we always talked about this, is that we were going to li you know, limit this to 20-minute episodes. Remember that conversation? <laughs> I do remember that. Oh, my yeah. God. And then the uh, world blew up on us. It was quite literally, it's like there's too much content. People just want more. Yeah. So maybe 53 minutes is too long or not, but uh, you know our statistics and there's a high engagement rate. We get some great feedback about it. So and you know we don't say listen to all stories on all episodes, but it's great if you're hustling into the car or into work and you you need have a commute. You you, you can commute to our voices. What's better than that? Come on. Exactly. And the last thing, this is a, a little funny thing, is that, uh, you know, I, I kind of went back and kind of looked at our ha hairstyles uh, during the last uh, three years. And um, so uh, I, this is this is the greatest statistic that you can take away from this entire episode is that uh, my hairstyle has changed four times. Asif, zero. Zero. Consistency, right? There you go. Zero. It's gotten longer and shorter and longer and shorter. But uh, yeah, four zip. That means... Uh, Maybe it's, I don't have the confidence. Um, I have to change my look every once in a while, but um, four <laughs> hairstyles for me, Asif has had the same one throughout. It's consistency. I yeah, love it. it's, you know, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little you bit know, grayer, I just, though. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not home enough to experiment, Rob. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, when you live in public like you do, uh, yeah. there's consistency. You have to look like your picture, right? Exactly. Well, so those are the stats that we've had. And now, viewership... Awesome. Viewership in the last year has almost doubled, which is uh, was, which is considerable. We're now reaching about 40,000 people a month with this podcast in one way, shape, or form. And uh, we really appreciate the fact that you guys are here. And for those of you long-term listeners, man, can't thank you enough. You're the reason we do this, and you're the reason we continue to do this. So just a little bit of humor at the beginning of the episode to kind of commemorate our 156th episode, which is three years old. Three years. That's 156 consecutive weeks. My goodness. My All goodness. Right. So big story, big show today, as usual. Um, we've got our Mobile Minute, our app of the week, which is a really cool app that I've used a couple of times. Six stories. Our guest, obviously, as I said, is Patrick Reynolds of Triton Digital. He's going to be talking about uh, the impact that iTunes Radio is going to have on not only digital radio, but advertising dollars and what next year is looking like when it comes to advertising in this whole digital radio space, which is emerging and very, 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 very important, I think, when it comes to uh, advertising mm -hmm. spend. And of course, our resource of the week. But before we do that, what's going on with the Location-Based Marketing Association this coming week or this month? Anything you want to? Yeah, push? well, there, there was uh, some good events this, this past week uh, in um, in Singapore, in particular. Uh, the chapter there had a good event. Uh, haven't had a chance to fully debrief uh, with the team yet, but uh, saw some photos and whatnot. Looked like a great crowd out and good Twitter traffic around it. So, uh, congrats to the team over there. Uh, our next event is actually a, the, uh, a new chapter uh, we're opening up in Edinburgh, uh, over in Scotland, and that's going to be November the 28th. I will be over there for that. Some of the guys from our London team are coming over for that as well, and uh, we're hoping to get you know the local brands out, uh, you know the tenants, uh, you know uh, loggers and the uh, Royal Bank of Scotland and. You know some of those folks and a bunch of startups, obviously in the, in the local community. What what's what I didn't realize until I started digging into it is is um, uh, Edinburgh's uh, kind of got a from a on the academic side, the university side. There's a lot of mapping and GIS uh, kind of programs, uh, and so a lot of people that coming coming from that aspect of of location. So hopefully we can tap into that a little bit too, and some interesting uh, digital agencies and and so on that. Uh, that are uh, quite active in that market. So excited about that. So that's November the 28th in the evening. Uh, we'll be there. Uh, and then this past week, um, you know, I was in Dallas, I was in Atlanta, I was in New York. Uh, we, but uh, got, got a chance to uh, go to a social media club uh, event in Dallas. Uh, as as just as a guest, by because I happen to be in town, uh, my friend Chris Hirschberger hooked that up. Uh, he used to be at Michael's, uh, running digital for them. And the speaker at the event was uh, Jay Bear, who's well known in in social media uh, circuit. Uh, great speaker, he's phenomenal. I don't know if you know his background, Rob, but he uh, before he started writing all these books and all this, he used to be a political uh, campaign uh, manager. So he's you know he comes from that background of you know running uh, political campaigns. Um, and uh, you know, speech writing and all that kind of stuff. So he he's just a phenomenal guy and speaker. And he he wrote this book, which is on the New York Times bestseller list called Utility. I don't know if you can see that there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so he was uh, he was basically giving a presentation on that, and uh, just phenomenal stuff. Like so many great 
examples. And he blew me away because like, I think almost every other example he threw up there in terms of case study was Canadian. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, like, are, are you ready to move, move up? And I mean, he, his kids play hockey and this, that, and he comes up here for hockey camps. And I mean, it's, it, it's great. So, uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, I had a chance to sit down with him last year and do a little phone interview. So I didn't even know that uh, I've got a page in this thing. So that's yeah, he pointed that out. Give me a little shout out. So thanks, thanks, Jay. I pre- appreciate that. And uh, you know, we, we we aspire to be more like you. That's all, guys. All right. So uh, listen, you know, we're going to jump into uh, the mobile minute here, and uh, this is an episode that has will not air for a, cu- a couple of weeks on Untethered.tv. You're getting a little bit of a preview just simply because you're listening to this or watching this. This is Chuck Martin, and we're, we're talking about what is going on in the retail space, location and mobile retail space. And that's all we talk about really about on, on the show and driving people to the store. So this is a, a mobile minute that focuses us on the fact that consumers are still heading towards the store. They're maybe doing their research online. They're doing their research in mobile. They're searching for product and inventory on mobile, but they're going into the store to buy. And what does this mean? And it's a really fascinating look, huge statistics. Uh, this is a great research study. And uh, this is Chuck Martin with our mobile minute. Welcome back to another Mobile Minute. So, foot traffic in front of stores is down, but the percentage of people who go in is up, right? Yeah, I just got some really interesting data from a company called Euclid uh, that I've, I've been aware of for some time. Uh, but they just analyzed 20 million shopping sessions, and they have these sensors in, in more than 700 shopping centers, malls, and stores around the U.S. And these sensors can sense basically when a phone is going by, so they can tell essentially if you look at the window display and then if you go in and if you go in where do you go in the store it's all anonymous so that there are no privacy issues here um, one of the interesting stats they found was what's called bounce rate that they call it's the number of shoppers who enter a store but leave within five minutes and they found that that has increased to 11 percent uh, it was nine percent last year so that means that a lot of stores have basically five minutes or fewer to essentially cause a transaction. Uh, the Kind of the good news is the overall mean time spent for a person in a store is 22 minutes. That's also slightly shorter than last year. So people seem to be more focused. They're getting much more mobile savvy, if you will. So they're researching, they know what they're going, they know where they're going, and they know what they're going for. Another new study came out uh, from Social Mantic found that mobile consumers are more than four times as likely to be influenced by targeted ads. It's 22% versus 5%. So the opportunity here is to target these people who are going into stores and not walking by and providing information that's really useful and relevant. So that provides value for the customer. Yeah, one of the biggest challenges is getting somebody in the store. The second biggest challenge is getting somebody to spend money. So the retailers are capturing the consumer. They're just not capturing their dollars, right? That's right. And we know from other research that the consumer in the store, the majority want to get information from their smartphone or or tablet, not from the salesperson. So that's yet another challenge for the merchant. That is our Mobile Minute. You can find those on Untether.tv. You can subscribe to them all. But that is a little bit of a preview of one that won't be available for the rest of the world until, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks. But it's very, very, very relevant to what we're talking about here. And what does this mean to your business when you think about what Chuck just said and the statistics that he just put out there? So thanks, Chuck, for letting us use it. And uh, thank you for watching that. And if you want to subscribe, just go to untether.tv. All right, on with the show. All right. So our uh, our app for this week is an app called Hudway, H-U-D-W-A-Y. Uh, and this is a navigation app, but it's uh, you know it's all about heads-up display, uh, as 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 the name implies, HUD uh, way. Um, and so um, you you can download this thing; it's free right now, uh, turn by turn directions. Um, but basically, it's it's projecting this onto your your windshield, kind of a la Google Glass, if you will. Um, and um, you know, it, it's I, I think it's an interesting thing because it's it's about hands-free driving. It's about you know putting putting that content that you need when you need it you know in front of you. Um, it's free, and um, you know I know you've played with this. I just downloaded it the other day, um, and and haven't had a chance yet actually to to, to use it in the car, um, which I'll do this weekend. Apparently, it works much better. You know, at night or in in, in low visibility uh, uh, situations where you don't have a lot of sun and glare, um, you know that, uh, that it makes it hard. But um, you know, it, it seems it seems utility wise, it seems great. 
Yes, and this is something that uh, I think that when I when I read about this uh, when they launched this a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was it was something that fascinated me with because heads up display is always 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 you can't do it in Google Glass. It's got to be on the screen, and this is maybe an interim step to that, and that's what was appealing to this. And so I tried to use it during the day, and it doesn't really work during the day very well because you need some kind of reflective screen, and reflective yeah. screen is your windshield. So they say this is a really great thing at night or during inclement weather. So if you don't want to be, if you don't want to keep looking down at your GPS or and you're trying to get someplace, this is great because all it does is show you the road ahead, the turns, the directions, and it reflects right off of your uh, off your dash onto your screen. And you know, with fog or snow or rain or night, it works very, very, very mm -hmm. well. And uh, that that to me is is the beginning of what's coming. So this is an interim step to actually and having this built in, and it's free. And it's free, yeah. it, you know. And I think that uh, this is something that I, I think that other mapping companies. I think Google will eventually add this to their Google Maps, and Apple do the same thing. Because if you're used to using Google Maps or Apple Maps, and you, you know you want to be able to stay within that confined environment, or you want to be able to use your existing mapping software. So this is this is a, it's a neat interim step to show that this technology can be done with your existing technology with your smartphone. So uh, I like it. And I think you and you go to hudwayapp.com and you'll be able to see, uh, take a look at the, the video that we've been playing in the background here and you'll be able to see that and, and be able to download it for free. Hudwayapp.com. Amazing. Awesome. Good app. Good app, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Into the stories. Our first one, Sports B app. I've always thought this, you know, I was in London <laughs> And uh, the Ottawa Senators were playing in a, I believe it was a playoff game, and this was a couple of years ago, and I thought, like, where in the hell am I going to see this guy? i got to watch this game. There's time difference and all that kind of stuff that happens as a result of, of being uh, away. And I uh, I was frantic. I was sending text messages to people. I said, where can I watch it? Where can I watch it? And somebody finally said, hey, listen, there's a Canadian sports bar that you should go to, and everybody watches hockey. There's, like, all screens and hockey and Canadians everywhere, and it's crazy for hockey. And I ended up there watching the Ottawa Senators. And, and so now, flash forward a couple of years, and there's this app called Sportsbee, which is literally finding the nearest sports bar that is going to be playing or is your team friendly, which is very important. So if you're like a Yankees fan and you're in Boston, you don't walk in and they're playing each other and you're like, yeah, Yankees, because you're going to get the crap beat out of you. So this was, <laughs> this is this is a really uh, neat, nifty app, simple, right? I'm a Senators fan and I want to mm -hmm. go find a bar that is going to be friendly to me and boom, you're there. Simple. It is. It is. And first of all, uh, I have to give credit for this one um, to my friend Lisa uh, Bregman uh, uh, sent this over to me uh, on Twitter last week. And uh, she used to run uh, social media at the LA Galaxy. And uh, now she has a kind of a consulting firm, uh, you know, basically doing mobile and location and social stuff for, for sports in general. So she, she put this on my radar. So thanks, Lisa, for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... The, you know, this is about simplicity, as you said, and, and it's great. Um, and I think the data that they've, they've compiled on all these these bars, I mean, there's 10,000 sports bars uh, across the U.S. that are logged in this thing. And it has, like, it's not just, like, you know, here's the bar and, you know, it's, it's a uh, New York Yankees bar. It's, like, they'll tell you, you know, what TV packages the bar carries, like, subscribes to. They'll tell you, you know, um, the number of, of check-ins, you know, that are that are happening there in terms of traffic. So you can you can look at, you know, fan attendance and is this, you know, is, is it three people that go there to watch the Yankees or is there, like, 300 people that go there to watch the Yankees? Um, Everybody's a closet Yankees fan. I know that. Yeah, yeah. How many TVs do they have? You know, all that kind of stuff is logged in, in, in this, you know, as far as the data that they've, they've, they've collected on each of these bars. So I, I think this is great, uh, you know, and, and the sort of the, the laser focus on, on sports and, and connections to specific teams. And when you go in and check in and you use this, you know, obviously you're, you're saying, you know, you're, you're a fan of this particular bar uh, or this particular team as well. So you're, you're feeding data into the system, uh, which is cool. Um, and it reminded me, so back the last World Cup, and I think we talked about this um, at the time. Nike did a, uh, a campaign in New York was with a website. It wasn't an app, but it was uh, a website you could go to, yes. um, and it had all the sports bars in New York mapped. Um, and then you you could you could drill down on this website, and you can see the flags of different nations, uh, you know, over the bar. So Very you know similar. That, that, that that was a uh, you know an Argentinian uh, you know uh, bar. And this one over here was, you know, the German team or, or what have you. And so, again, if you were looking to go to a bar and cheer with people that, you know, were cheering for the same team as you, you, you knew where to go. Um, and, and so this is obviously much bigger 
bigger in, in its scope, um, and it's all sports, and, and it's uh, you know, but 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 I like it. it. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, there's nothing worse than being in a place that you shouldn't be cheering for the wrong team. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So you can go to uh, sportsb.com. That's sports the way it's normally spelled with b e e dot com. Sportsb.com. You can download the application, and uh, you will never you will never have that embarrassing moment of cheering when you should be booing. You know, there that, you go. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. All right, our second story. This is a big one, but I I love these both. And uh, why don't you take this, Asif? Yeah. So this is uh you know in both cases we're talking about uh, our friends at Google here in, in in some form or another. And the biggest part of this for me is, is this project that launched this week called Google Outside. Mm. Uh, this is in London, 160 locations, 100 bus shelters, and 60 uh, transit uh, stations to uh, subway stations. Uh, and basically, what they've done is is they've taken digital uh, screens, digital billboards, uh, and they're adjusting the content on those screens in real time using Google Now technology. Uh, and so, in other words, you know, if if it's um, the, the example that they give here is is that you know if it's uh, inclement weather outside and it's raining and whatever, uh, you may see an ad show up on that screen for a movie theater, you know, an, an indoor activity that you could do. Um, you know, it might be weather information that they're showing on there. It might be, you know, stuff about local businesses. It might be, you know, that there's a um, amber alert going on uh, in your neighborhood. But the idea is is real-time contextual content being driven to a screen based on, you know, context and proximity and, and all those things coming together. Not unlike the experimental project that we did, you know, a couple of years ago at the LBMA, with you know ads on the side of a bus, you know when it was stationary and building uh, real-time aggregate demographic profiles, you know based on checking data and then serving ads while the bus was still stationary. So that seems more challenging if you ask me, man. Like yeah, a bus yeah, is more but, challenging yeah, than we, a bus. We didn't shelter. have Google now. Google now wasn't available. Yeah. You know two and a half years ago when when we were doing that stuff. So. Um, so absolutely love this. I mean, you know, this is the future of advertising. This is what you know what what we what we strive for and push for every day at the LBMA. You know, it's it's funny though that my hope is that they implement the Android version of Google now because even though that they've updated with the iPhone version, it still sucks ass. It's it's terrible. It's a terrible experience. So, you, you know, it, it surfaces stuff that is not relevant. It's like this morning, I woke up and I, I you know, I say, I'm going to launch Google now. And it tells me that it's a 16 minute uh, drive to my commute. And I'm like, for, to work. And I'm like, it's Saturday. You should know this by now. You know, that I, yeah. it's Saturday. What are you doing putting that up? Um, but I think that this is, uh, this, the information, uh, whether it's static, like, you know that it's on that street corner and the information is going to be uh, displayed perfectly. I, like, I, I think that this is a, an amazing thing. Props to Google for doing this. Uh, props for London for doing this. 160 digital screens on these bus shelters around London. I, I think that this really is leveraging this, uh, this content and this technology to its, to its greatest strength. And, and again, I just hope that it's the Android version of Google now, not the iOS version of Google now, or the features you get from the Android version, because iOS is still far behind. I, I right. love, I like, I love this story. I love it, it's this awesome. story. If it I could really hug is. it, I would. Yeah, and and what I'll do is is I I'll, I'll reach out to these guys and uh, and we'll get we'll get them on here to kind of talk about it because it's, it's just it's it's so pertinent um, to the space right now. Um, well, you know, it's yeah. it's also because because it's so important because we're also going to be you know more and more people are now. As the holiday season comes in, more and more people are now looking at saying, how do we bridge this digital, uh, you know, terrestrial divide? How do we get people looking on digital and moving into uh, and quantifying it when they walk in the stores or when they walk on in, in a mm. uh, tourist attraction or something to that extent? And, and I think that this is the beginning of this and context and location and awareness of, you know, not only location, but temperature and precipitation and, um, and you know, the transient nature of, of humans and putting all that together on these screens. It's a lot of pressure for it. But I think that as you, you know, Chuck Martin is very famous in saying this. He said, you know, that, and we all know this is that there are so many steps to a purchase. There are so many steps yep. to a destination and each step you can be distracted by something that comes along because of these devices. So if you can follow somebody, and I don't mean literally like in a bad way, but if you can help move people from their home out into the streets, and these these uh, screens can help them move into a place of business, if there's a continuum like that, I think that this is a great test to see if we can do this. So I I think the ramifications of this are, are considerable, and that's why I, I love it so much. 
but maybe not yeah. as much as playing an augmented reality game. <laughs> no, I think I personally I like it more. But uh, yeah, so you know the the uh, Niantic Labs, which is uh, a spinoff from Google uh, as well, um, and they have this game called Ingress. We've talked about this uh, maybe a year ago mm -hmm. when they launched this originally. So this is an AR game. It's about you know people in the real world uh, battling. Uh, you know, people in in a uh, in an augmented world, and you're playing against people all over the world. Um, so, so it's an interesting concept uh, when they launched this, and now they're kind of looking to grow the audience a little bit by bringing this into airports. Uh, you know, you have significant dwell time in airports. Uh, so this is JFK and LAX in particular. Uh, apparently, 113 million passengers go through those uh, those two airports. Um, huge, huge uh, volume there, and so they're combining the game with uh, digital signage again. Uh, so this is JC Decau that owns the screens in, in, in these airports. So 70, uh, 70 screens in here, uh, and basically just bringing that game to more people um, and getting you off, you know, you know, off your butt, which is the purpose of you know why they built Ingress. They said it originally was is like this is about getting people, you know, off the couch and into the real world, and 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 by playing you know a game in this context, and you know that that is physical in nature. You have to go to these different places. You have to engage with with people, and so they're bringing that to the airport environment. And I think it's it's interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, personally, as a business traveler, you know, I don't have a lot of time to do this kind of thing. But you know. A lot of people, I think, you know, I think they'll get some 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 significant traction off of this. I think so, and it's funny that these guys need. I mean, Niantic is a Google-owned company, and they they need to be in front of more people. and And this is on a platform; it's only on Android, and this is on a platform that has you know a billion users worldwide, and has trumped everybody in terms of operating systems and usage. Yeah. And maybe it's the minimum requirement, so it limits the number of people that can play. But this is decidedly a North American game because of bandwidth constraints or consumption and it's uh, the, the the fact that you need a, a, a more recent device because it's an augmented reality game. But 113 million people, and I don't know what the where, where the screens are positioned, but I, I just hope that what happens here is not, um, you know, there's no confusion when it comes to this game. I mean, this is a spy game and this is, you know, worldwide participation. And maybe the airports, I think maybe they're not the best place to do something like this. Like, oh my God, there's a bomb. You know, you don't want to hear that in an airport, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And uh, yeah. so, uh, but, you know, you talk about traffic. Um, there is a battle going on and we know this ex uh, in the airports. We've talked about this many times in the airports. It is probably the single busiest location for this kind of stuff. And the retailers are trying to figure out how to make money and drive people into it and duty free you're trying to drive people into their shops and and maybe this is a way that that Google can take this information and then start pushing relevant information relevant ads relevant yep. content uh, to the people that are walking through so uh, uh, two great stories Google you know I, I think they have something here they have a future these guys <laughs> I just don't know what they do, they do. They but they're do. doing everything I'll, I'll tell you I, I, you just remind me of something at the end of the show I, I can't talk about it on on, on this show unfortunately okay uh, just for uh, non-disclosure reasons but remind me rob at the end of this i gotta tell you i gotta tell you something else about google and right. that you'll, you'll you'll freak out about but anyways making a note and you see what happens here guys you won't know you won't know you won't but know. you will you will it'll it'll show up on an episode somewhere like you know maybe like five weeks from now okay um uh, but anyways i love the teaser uh, like that's a long teaser like I just said, like our, they went our to next the end story, of the show. Rob. Our next story is is uh, <laughs> we're over to Russia now. We are. This is you know I'm a I, I love fitness. Physical any kind of physical physical fitness is is um is something that I absolutely get behind. I love applications that do this. I love uh, you know companies that use physical fitness in an interesting way. And here we are. Uh, you know that you could actually get a subway ticket for free if you can do 30 squats in 20 minutes or two minutes, not 20 minutes. 30 squats in two minutes at one. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to butcher it. But at uh, this. Vistavachaya, 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 Vistavachaya. Nice. Maybe that's it. Uh, station. And if it's not, don't go to the one that I just said. Go to the actual <laughs> one. Uh, you can do 30 squats. If you can do 30 squats in tw in two minutes, and we're playing a video in the background here, and you can see this. If you're watching, you can see it. If you're listening, well, too bad. You got to watch a video. Where you, if you do them, you get a subway ticket. You get a token to go into the subway for free. And the whole idea here is that they're trying to promote health, good health, obviously, getting out, doing some physical activity. And they're also uh, pushing the Olympics that are coming uh, to, yeah. uh, to Russia. And this is being run now till December 3rd. So you can go, if you can do 30 squats, try it now, 30 squats in two minutes 
Uh, and the whole system is great because it, it uh, they've laid out the system, they put it on, and, and they'll actually issue a ticket to the subway. I, I saw one guy, and uh, there's there's a few videos out around this thing, uh, and I saw one guy doing the, uh, you know, the sort of the traditional Russian dance thing, you know, as, as his squat. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is great branding, right? I mean, this is you know they're trying to they're trying to drive the the Sochi uh, Olympics, uh, you know, and 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 fitness and and getting people. You know, again, moving and doing things uh, makes a lot of sense, and I think Visa is also uh, a sponsor of this thing, uh, helping uh, underwrite some of the cost of this. So, um, you know, it's just fun, right? And uh, you know, people, you know, people of all ages. If you watch those videos, you'll see like it's everybody from every walk of of life that you can think of in Russia that, that's at this station doing this. Yep. So, hey, this is great this is branding. Good. Yes, and it's not like uh, doing a shot of. Vodka. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's totally different. Yeah, kind of fit because that's yeah. one that I I could I could do right. It's just do a shot of vodka. <laughs> can you put down a shot of vodka? How many shots can you do in two minutes? Maybe that's an option. Right there you go. Wow, 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 wow! And if you can stand after that, you can get on the subway. All right, those are the uh, first three stories. We're going to jump into our guest, Patrick Reynolds, right now of Triton Digital. Had a great opportunity. I love sitting with uh, with Patrick. Unfortunately, we always sit down in the middle of November, so he's a Movember guy. So he always likes to remind, uh, have me remind people that listen, it's November, so he's growing a mustache for November. But I think that in fact he has a mustache all year round. He just uses that as an excuse because every episode that I've ever done with him, he's had a mustache. So this is Patrick Reynolds of Triton Digital. We're going to be talking about the impact that Apple Radio has had on the digital radio world. Because you know that iTunes, mm -hmm. is, iTunes Radio has come out only in the U.S. now, but certainly to a waiting pop, uh, you know, population. And then almost immediately after that, RDO got into the game with doing free radio stations as well, aside from their subscription place. And we know songs and we know a whole bunch of other guys that are doing this as well. So what has Apple's entrance into this world done for them? And then also... Uh, you know, how, maybe how they're going to monetize location-based ads are obviously it because they know your preferences beyond anybody else. Yep. They can match, for example, your music preferences now with your app purchases and your book purchases and, and your location because it all gets fed into Apple's world. So the impact, impact of that and then also what 2014 looks like when it comes to budgeting for digital radio and location-based advertising and marketing through this medium. So here, Patrick Reynolds, this episode will be up in weeks from now. So again, Man, you get these previews of what's coming down on Untether.tv before anybody else. Shh, don't tell anybody. Here is Patrick Reynolds. What, what has it been over the last five months that you've seen? Is this is this because uh, you know it, since the last time we talked? I mean, obviously there's been so much that has happened around or in the industry, but over the last five months, you, you've drawn that out. Is it because of iTunes Radio? Is it, what is it about that it, the last five months that has really excited you guys? Yeah, well, I think there have been two big events that have really um, caused a series of cascading events downstream. So the first is, you know, uh, Pandora after their IPO, mm -hmm. uh, their numbers just keep building month upon month. Uh, and it's just no longer a fad. It is a phenomena and it is just not going to go away. And no one in their right mind can look at their audience numbers and feel that there's anything other than a lot of growth ahead of them. So I think that's the one thing. There's a certified star in the space now, and that is Pandora in the U.S., and, and they're going to move throughout the world, uh, I'm told, in the not-too-distant future. Come to Canada, Pandora. My and God. I, careful what you wish for. It just may happen. Uh, the second thing, of course, is uh, Apple in entering the market with iTunes Radio. Yeah, and, and did, that, had a, that had an impact? Sorry, go ahead, Rob. That had an impact, obviously. Well, it is. It's not uh, so much, uh, from my perspective, had a business impact yet. It hasn't, you know, completely uh, shaken the snow globe of the advertising landscape, as an example. But their self-reported audience numbers certainly give one pause. And the fact that uh, you know my uh, date book has been really filled with people on the advertising side, on the marketing side. Uh, on the traditional publisher side, wanting to have a sit down and really thoroughly understand what is going on in the space in earnest for the first time because uh, Apple does not uh, go into most of the spaces it enters in a small way. They go in uh, as a disruptor and uh, everyone who's in that space needs to um, you know, understand what, what the space is all about and what their options are. 
It's it's funny because uh, you know that is that is so true. Is that uh, does it take somebody like we were talking about this last year, and you're saying like you know right. is it going to take? We mentioned this. Is it going to take an Apple to do this? And you said it might be an Xbox thing because it's already in everybody's living room. It, it obviously it takes a, a company like that, not an upstart, but somebody with an established base and an established huge base that enters this market for people to take it seriously. Why is that when all the other signs like Pandora's growth? showcase that this is an industry that they should be focused on or aware of well i think if you're uh sort of you take a traditional mindset uh you know the uh, incumbents seldom see the insurgents as being a real challenge to them until their uh their head is on a on a pike do you know what i mean if you look <laughs> back through history it's generally too late when you realize oh that gate could fall yeah. so that's the first thing when you have a titan of industry that says, I'm going to get in, and not in a toe-in-the-water kind of a way, but in a very significant kind of a way, when we have the Tim Cooks of the world speaking about iTunes Radio as a strategic imperative at their developer conference, when they talk about having a vision and designs on the car automotive dashboard, uh, people need to take uh, account of that. And when you just simply do the math, even if you are doing math at a sixth grade level, when you look at iTunes penetration, enhance that penetration, not just in the US, but on a global basis, when you look at the relationships that Apple has built over time through iTunes uh, with various record labels and how that could be leveraged and parlayed into an iTunes radio offering, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be uh, here today and gone tomorrow. This isn't it for the long haul, and the world has changed. You think, from Apple's perspective, do they see do they see revenue opportunities here? Like, I mean, they're they're offering iTunes Radio for free right now. Is I mean, you have any idea about how they want to turn this into revenue? So I have had no direct conversations with them, but I have used the product yeah. along with X number of dozens of millions of other people in the U.S. in the first couple of months. It's crazy. And there's advertising on it. So I don't see this as being a uh, straight up subscription basis. It could have a freemium model, perhaps downstream, but right now it's free and it is being um, supported through advertising. And if you really connect some of the dots between what an Apple would know about you as a user of iTunes radio based on things like your iTunes library and other you know data sets that Apple would have on you, they could give you highly tailored advertising that would be very appropriate and it would probably be very palatable for most people as opposed to a spray and pray kind of attempt that uh, other folks make. So I think advertising will be a big part of the equation for them. Just my guess, I have no direct knowledge of this, but I think you know that with that audience size, with the Apple panache and brand, there'll be a lot of advertisers that will want to do business with So how important is, is digital? You know, how important are these devices? How important is what iTunes are doing? How important is, is RDO moving into the radio stations as well that are free? Songs, uh, how important, and of course Pandora, but how important are these guys? Like, is this real? Or is this just like, um, you know, you know, a, a tulip arms race for music, the equivalent? <laughs> Very astute reference. I like that. Uh, I think that uh, this is unquestionably real. And I'll tell you, uh, there's some fairly concrete proof points to this. So the uh, ascension and rise of audio very closely mirrors the penetration and ascension and rise of mobile as an advertising platform. So uh, the incredible rise of mobile has coincided in some ways with the decline of display. Unlike display and video to a large extent, you know, the idea of audio is somewhat native or natural to a phone. People do a lot of listening with their ears with a phone period, and an audio ad is an extension of that in certain ways. So it is highly relevant to the, to the, to the form factor that you have in terms of the mobile. The thing that makes the audio advertising unit robust and increasingly popular is that it is one of the precious few things, as you would know from your experience just walking on the earth here, that it is one of the only spotlight advertising channels still in existence. And by that, I mean only one audio ad ever plays at a time. You don't get this cacophony of sound uh, that you get a cacophony of sight where things are flashing and beeping and pop-ups and all these things that you're just trying to, you know, avoid and not be caught up in the web of. Uh, and advertising uh, of audio is just one audio unit at a time. And it's usually a 15-second unit in a digital context. 
And it's oftentimes very targeted to you based on some behavioral stuff that, uh, that the advertiser might know about you. And it's, so it's no big deal. It's a very, very fair quid pro quo for largely free or very inexpensive audio content. And most people will make that trade all day long. That was Patrick Reynolds. He is uh, he works for a company called Triton Digital, and you can find that episode sometime down the future on Untether.tv. But that is just for you right now. Uh, a little bit of uh, a preview about what's going on in the radio world. I like Patrick. I like that he comes on, and I like the fact that he's got the patience to do this with me while he's growing a mustache in in November. So, Patrick, thank you for letting us use it here. Thank you for being on Untether.tv, and look for that episode coming. You know the best way to do it: subscribe to the mailing list. Subscribe to the mailing list, okay? Yeah. That's the best way to do it. All right, back to the stories, man. Coca-Cola. All right, so our next story, we go from Russia to Brazil now, and we're talking about Coca-Cola today and a project called Steps of Happiness. Uh, and so this was something designed by a, uh, a university uh, uh, group, uh, an advertising uh, program called Escola Cuca. Uh, this is in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. And again, where this is like the fitness episode, Rob. This is you know we we go from doing thirty squats to trying to get people to take the stairs, uh, and it's also in subway stations. So I don't know what it is about subway stations and getting people to be more active, but this this seems to be the thing that's going on everywhere. Um, and so they they set up this thing that you know at the bottom of the staircase in the subway is is a scale, and so you basically weigh yourself, and and that's you know you see that uh, digitally represented. And then, uh, as you progress up the stairs, um, you know it's showing your your weight declining uh, as you're climbing these stairs. Um, and it, again, it's it's about just drawing attention to uh, you know the need to uh, for people to uh, to get up and and be more fit and and be more active. Um, you know, so so I love these things, and and they're so you know uh, location you know centric in that you know the, you know this is this is about creating an experience in a particular place. You know, from an advertising perspective, the branding that that you can get off of these kinds of things is huge. I mean, if you remember, uh, there was a similar project probably two years ago. Now, Volkswagen did uh, a staircase uh, in a subway platform that was a, a piano. Uh, if you remember, and you you'd go up and down this thing, and you could play songs by stepping on different steps. Um, you know, and I, and I think you know the the same kind of you know fun. Element uh, that is is about you know bring just bringing attention to an issue uh, uh, of obesity and things like that you know makes a lot of sense. And so so I always you know I, I love when I see these campaigns. I, I think they're they're so relevant uh, in today's society. And uh, you know so you know kudos to uh, to this advertising school for for making this happen. Yep, I uh, love it. Again, anything that has to do with physical activity, I'm I'm all for it. I'm the guy that runs up the stairs instead of taking the escalator, or the elevator, and the airports or the bus stations or subways, um, just because it's much faster. And you know, anytime you can get it, get the legs moving, get your heart rate going. Sound like a, you know um, a fitness guru, but this is literally what you should be doing. I, I, the only challenge is that it's who's going to stand on a on a mat and display their weight everywhere. That's hey. It's only fit people that are going to do that. They say, hey, look at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I like the initiative and, and the fact that it is highly localized to that one spot. I really, I really like yeah. this initiative. And, and it, even if you don't do it, it's going to make you think about doing it, right? You might not stand on the mat, but you're going to be guilted into walking up the stairs instead of taking the escalator. So I like it. Coca-Cola. They've got this push going on right now of trying to balance their image and we talked about this a couple of times but yeah. between the syrupy goodness of you know pure 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 sugar which is coke and uh, and maybe a, a few chemicals which is coke zero and you know it's not liquid it's definitely not something that you should be consuming i mean uh, if, if you're if you're healthy if you want to be healthy but they're trying to balance that by doing these things right and, yep. and i think that they have to it's like pretty soon you're going to see these warnings on the coke cans like you do on cigarette packages that listen you know there are carcinogens in here that could cause cancer later on in life and so i think they're trying to balance this with what's going on with the rest of it so good good for them but i still don't i still can't put any of that stuff in my body uh, anything that can uh, corrode or you know erase a rusty or erase rust on a nail i'm not really interested in putting that into my in my stomach. <laughs> That's All smart, right. my thinking. Anyways, so story number five. All right, story number five is uh, comes from a company called Proximity, which is a uh, a digital location agency uh, out of uh, Australia that we do a lot of work with at the LBMA, um, and they've teamed up with a one of the biggest banks uh, in Singapore called OCBC. 
to do some location-based um, geofencing around these bank branches, driving traffic, trying to drive new account signups, uh, ATM finders, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just cool because you know we we talk so much on the show about retail and restaurants and Coca-Colas and all that kind of stuff, and we don't hear a lot about financial uh, services industry, you know, uh, engaging with this stuff, but it's it's equally relevant, um, and the numbers prove it out. I mean, so these guys, they geofenced all these branches, uh, every every OCBC branch in, in Singapore, and they're huge. This, this bank is huge. I mean, when I go over there, it, it literally is, it, it, I see them like on every corner almost, uh, one, one of these branches. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, uh, and so, th so they, they, they geofenced all these properties. The, what I liked about this, uh, in addition, is, is is they made the platform available on all mobile platforms. So it's, it was iOS, it was Android, it was you know everything, right? So you know it didn't matter what you were on, um, and and the results are really interesting. So there's a little case study uh, video. We'll post that up uh, on the LBMA site. But uh, they got a 221 percent increase in in online like web traffic that they could attribute to to this campaign. They got an eight over an 8%, 8.1% uh, click-through on the location-based ad, like notifications in the mobile app, right? Um, and then, like, and, and they got significant traffic, you know, that, that they, they could see into the actual branches, you know, people signing up for new accounts. They didn't have, the, they didn't publish a number on how many new accounts. It was, I guess that, that's the thing, but they actually got the traffic into the branch, uh, which is cool. Um, so, you know, just you know, huge, huge, huge things you can do when you start to use these things. Whether you're a retailer or your bank or a bank, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, and these guys are proven. And you know, I think that uh, this is just the beginning for banks. And we've talked about this in a couple of episodes of uh, Mobile Minute with Chuck. Is that listen? You, you know, banks are now getting into the retail space. They're going to actually turn their applications into stores. And this is going to be fascinating to see because. You know, you use your banking app. You do, and uh, and quite literally, you use it pretty much yep. every day, at least once a week. You're in there, and and now, what's the next extension of this? So, I really think that uh, we're going to start to see a lot of innovation from banks now. Whether or not they should be a retail chain or sell you goods through their application is a completely different story. But they have to do something now that they've got the audience, and and uh, they do have the audience. Yep. I just wonder who the banks are going to exit to. Is Google going to buy all the banks? Google, Facebook. Hey, you've got all the traffic because <laughs> it's like they, they sit back yeah. on Facebook and Google look around and they're like, OK, so who's who's cool now? Uh, so all of the uh, young kids are leaving Facebook. So we're just going to go and, you know, do a three billion ad, three billion dollar offer to uh, to Snapchat. Right. And uh, because that's where all the cool kids are hanging out. And that that's a whole another interesting story we should talk about at some point is, yes. is I mean, the numbers are starting to come out now on, wow. on, on, on the younger demographic exiting Facebook. Yep. Uh, what is that going to mean um, as they move towards these mobile location uh, services like Snapchat? Um, so yeah, we should leave that for for another day. But do a full expose on that. Yeah, it's yeah, big. Yeah. It, it, it's an, it, it is very big. It is because all that's left in Facebook are guys like my age, right? And ladies, yeah. ladies a little older, and and it's uh, maybe Facebook just morphs into the ultimate uh, you know dating app. Anyway, we can talk about that. Anyhow. But proximity go does location based uh, notifications and right. astounding numbers, which are which is pretty incredible. And sometimes that first date really is, is is best had over a coffee or tea, right, Rob? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. So while you're sitting there having that first date with somebody that you met on Facebook, um, and maybe maybe you'll decide to go to the uh, coffee bean and tea leaf company, which is a small chain. And uh, you know what? Sometimes you look down and you realize, hey, listen, I need to charge my device. So You've got free Wi-Fi now in these stores. Everywhere is free Wi-Fi, right? Which is to help Regency and help flow and help keep you yep. inside the store. Now, this little company, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, are actually allowing you to charge your devices. They're setting up these little chargers on every table. Not every one of their uh, franchises are doing this right now. But it's done. It's brought to you by Duracell. It's a partnership. And it's built into the table or built onto the table. It's all plugged in. And all you have to do is get a case for your iPhone or your device. And you put it down on it and it does wireless charging. And this is their new way to keep you there a little bit longer. Is this new? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I think it's... Uh... You know, it's, it's it's a bit of a novelty thing. Um, you know, I, personally, I'm not sure this is going to keep me there longer. I mean, yes. I mean, did you know? Does my battery die, and do I need a charge? Sure. Uh, am I going to seek out a coffee bean and tea leaf place to do that? Probably not. Um, 
but you know, um, if I'm already uh, there? committed to this to this brand, uh, and this is where I go, yep. then absolutely I'll use it. You know, I think what's for me when I, when I came across this story, it was you know I, I I think you know the utility of that is is good, right? You know, charging everybody needs that. Our phones are dying all the time. Makes sense, and they've got multiple ways to do this. They've got power mats in there from Duracell. They've got these rings on the, built into the tables. And they've hey, got you know what else oh, they've got, Asif? What they, they got these outlets. It's a new invention, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you take this thing yeah, and you plug exactly. it into this thing in the wall, and power comes from it. And then you attach the other end into your phone, and they're everywhere, in every building. Did you know that? I'm just asking. <laughs> power I, everywhere. Um, yeah, sorry. So, so what, but, but what what really hit me around this is I, I think it's it, it, it's okay. Uh, it, you know, it, this this is there's nothing unique about this thing. I think it's a okay. I think it's interesting is if they had built into the app here that they've got around finding these these locations and where the, these charging stations are. Yep. If they built in some sort of loyalty play. Yes. I think I think if they tie in a loyalty play to this. As in, you know, come in here and charge your phone, and and you know, for every you know, joule of energy that goes into your phone, you, you know, you get you know uh, an ounce of coffee for free or whatever it is. Um, this is a way. This is too you know, good, I, right? I, I think this, the, you know, that would be interesting, right? Because then all of a sudden, it, it, it's you're actually tying it to the brand. You're tying it, yes. you know, to to the experience of. You know, hey, well, you know, get get an ounce of energy here and get an ounce of caffeine. You know, uh, you know what I mean. Like it's, I don't want to be their marketing people. But Asif, like they... stop, stop! You're giving away too much. <laughs> stop. So an but, ounce, I, like think about it, like an ounce of energy with an ounce of coffee. Yeah. God, Asif, and you know that 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 is exactly like you you maybe every time you charge, like if you charge for like a minute or ten minutes, you get something. Because yeah. you're staying there longer, right? For exactly. your next visit. Yeah. So oh. that for me wouldn't make this really good, right? I mean, I, I, you know, sure. The fact that I can go in and charge my phone is great. If I'm already committed to this brand, fine. Yeah. You, you're just you're just making it a little bit better for me. You're improving the uh, the, the the fan experience. Right. right but right. tie this to some kind of loyalty play. Tie this to something where, you know, you can actually draw people in because you're doing something different. Right, you're giving them, you know, energy, and you're giving them caffeine. Like, you know, make it, make it work. Energy and energy. So, like, th like, just walk through that for a second, simply because, uh, you know, I, I, that is an amazing thing. So they have this app, as we've talked about, where, where you download the application and you can see wh what, where there is a coffee and bean, coffee bean and tea leaf uh, store that does that is part of participating in this. And if that's the only reason, it's not enough to actually drive you to yeah. download this application. But I love this loyalty play, boy oh boy. And and so Scott Einstein, Eisenstein, Scott Eisenstein, who's the global vice president of external relations uh, relations at Duracell, says this. And this is this is kind of like the wrong approach. So Scott, if you're listening to this, and you probably aren't, but if you are listening to this or you know Scott, uh, get him to listen to this episode because this line of thinking is not the way you should be thinking. The way that Asif is thinking is the way you should be seeing thinking. This is his quote. We are all frantic going through the day trying to find our next charge. And there's nothing worse than watching your phone's battery die. That is the wrong approach, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I, I mean, sure. I mean, do we do we need power? Yes, but power is really, uh, to your point, I, there's a thing in the wall called an outlet, and typically we can find one. That's what it's called. Yeah, um, it's an outlet. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and there's cases out there, and Duracell's making go, Duracell makes great products yeah. around charging, no question about it, yep. right? But tie this into some sort of you know brand loyalty, loyalty experience, both uh, for Duracell and for you know coffee bean and tea leaf. Uh, you know, make that connection. Don't make this just about power. See, this is why I love doing this show episode, uh, these episodes, man, because uh, I just these ideas you don't get them anywhere else. Holy cow! You give, you're, giving free, away too much. you're giving away free too advice. much. You're giving away too free much. Advice. Come on now. I, I might actually edit that out simply because it's too good. Oh, okay. Never. Never edit that kind of stuff out. Well, that is the coffee bean and tea leaf, which I have a hard time saying. It, it doesn't roll off my tongue, but the coffee bean and tea leaf uh, are bringing power charging stations to your table. And uh, if you're not, if you're, if you're thinking of doing this, Starbucks or anybody else and, you know, all these other companies out there, think about what Asif said. A, an ounce of power for an ounce of power.
or a kilowatt of power or a watt of power for an ounce of power. Whatever it is, there's your there's your marketing campaign. Just brilliant. Free. Done. Free. Free. Oh. All right. All right. Those are the six stories. Our uh, special guest, Patrick Reynolds from Triton uh, Digital, as well as uh, our app of the uh, week was Hudway, H-U-D-W-A-Y, our mobile minute with with Chuck Martin talking about uh, consumers actually are going to go into stores more often than uh, buying with their devices. And now it's time for our resource of the week. Wow. This is what modern retail looks like, doesn't it, Asif? It is. Great little infographic coming at us from the uh, National Retail Foundation's uh, Federation, sorry, not Foundation, uh, Insight Center. Um, and just some great numbers in here. Uh, it's got, you know, it starts off with, you know, retailers that rule Instagram. And it's got, you know, Nike and Topshop and, and all these guys up there. It's got, you know, showing the progression from uh, 2000 to now in uh, annual e-commerce sales and billions of dollars and how that's been growing like crazy. Um, it's got Pinterest built into this thing, and and what's what's being bought uh, on Pinterest. I mean, this 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 crazy crazy stuff, um, and all kinds of numbers in here on uh, on Twitter uh, and, and which brands are are, are ruling that. Um, I don't know. What do you think of it? Yeah, uh, this is a great summary when it comes to the influence that these digital means have over the different categories of goods that are being sold. And I think that this is fascinating about what we look for and what we research and the devices or the platforms that we research them on. So I mean, this is the fascinating stuff is that we all kind of migrate to the same things when we're doing research on it. I mean, I do all my electronic research online and then I'll go and find the best price. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that this is this is the extension to, you know, this is the biggest challenge. And this is what we were trying to get to with the Mobile Minute early on is, so now that people have done the research, you've got to get them into the store. And then when you get them into the store, you've heard those stats from that Mobile Minute, which was, listen, people are spending on average 22 minutes in the store, but it's in decline. And people are right. being drawn into the stores, but they're leaving, you know, some of them are leaving after five minutes. So they're going in, they're not finding what they're looking for, and then they're coming out of it. And so they've done their research, they're educated, they're in the store. Now you've got to get them to buy, right? And I think that that's the key thing that that uh, it's it's closing that loop on this. And this just shows you the impact that 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 retail is is um, is the impact that mobile, digital, and location are having on retail. It's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So this awesome will be up. This will be up on the lbma.com forward slash research. It will. And it'll also obviously be a link uh, on on TV if you're watching it from here as well. Well, that's the show. Now, you, you can tune out right now if you like. I mean, we're probably just just shy of an hour into this episode. Or you can sit and listen to one or a few more minutes because I have uh, some topics that I'd like to, you know, discuss with Asif. So if you decide to leave right now, go ahead. But you're going to miss a conversation around a few of the things that are relevant in this news world today that I just wanted to get Asif's take on it simply because... Just because these are huge stories that are just breaking locally, and he doesn't know what we're about to talk about, uh, but it has, no, something, it, it, it has something to do with, with Snapchat and with Instagram, and, these, and there's a little turmoil. So I'll go into it in a little second. But if you happen to leave right now, go ahead. Thank you for listening. I, I, I thought we were going to talk about Rob Ford. No, no, no. <laughs> I think the world has already talked about Rob Ford, uh, and I'm done with that guy. But uh, we could talk about it if you want. We could keep no. going. But if you decide to listen, if you decide to leave, hey, listen, thank you for listening to our 156th episode. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. But if you decide to stay, hey, listen, I got some questions. So there's these rumors around there. Obviously, they've been substantiated that Snapchat was offered $3 billion, like this from Facebook. We, I mentioned it earlier on, uh, for an acquisition. And yep. then also, uh, almost in the same breath, People are now panning this $1 billion acquisition of Instagram by Facebook saying that they sold out too soon because now that they have 150 or 160 million users, they're kind of two thirds the size of Twitter and their valuation should be in the 15 to $20 billion range or five to $15 billion range, sorry, so that they sold 18 months ago for a billion dollars. Now, this is, I, you know, I, I don't know how to look at these things. These are huge numbers, but we know that Snapchat declined, turned away $3 billion from, from Facebook, and now Google's in the conversation with them to acquire it. What, what, like, you know, I always say this, like, $3 billion. Like, what's your feeling of this? Get out while you can? For in, for Snapchat? Or do you think that they're worth more than that? What's their well, real value? I mean, unfortunately, I, th I think the, uh, you know, unlike the, the Groupon uh, debacle, the yeah. $6 billion failure to take that deal, actually, I, you know, Despite the fact that I think all these valuations are ridiculous, yes. all of them, 
Um, actually, I, th I think they're, you know, given where these valuations are going, I think Snapchat's worth more. Uh, I, I think th this is a, the good move for them is to hold off a little bit. Um, I, I think they can get a bit more around this thing. And, and you know, Facebook uh, made that offer because, as, as we alluded to already, I mean, Facebook's not stupid. I mean, they're tracking, you know, where all their users that they're losing, where they're going. And they know they're going to Snapchat, right? So th this is more about, you know, just, you know, stemming the, uh, uh, you know, the, the tide right now. Uh, and trying to protect their own, uh, you know, their own base, because it's going to Snapchat. Um, it is, yeah. And the Snapchat guys are sitting there going, "No, I mean, we're doing fine over here. Thank you guys. We're growing like crazy, uh, and and we think we, we think we can do better than the, than than the three billion. And I think they can too. What about so? Do you think we're starting to see a few brands getting into this from a from a real time perspective of using Snapchat to actually go out and and uh, you know get customers, bring customers in, you know, create conversations, short short term, obviously conversations with customers. Do you think that that is is in its future? And and can they hold off because they have to make money somehow and prove their value? And maybe Facebook would be looking at that. But is uh, like how long can these guys hold out as a pure you know anonymous uh, conversation starter among tweens. Well, you know what I, you know what I think will happen. I, I, you know, and, and again, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm no uh, crystal ball over here, but the, uh, I actually think, it, and, and more interesting play is to see the combination of a Snapchat and a WeChat, yeah, or a WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, I think we might, if we saw some consolidation in that space between, you know, two of those players. All of a sudden, the numbers are ridiculous. It, uh, it, it's bigger than Facebook. It's bigger than Twitter. Yeah. If you combine, like, say, a, a WhatsApp with a Snapchat, right? Then all of a sudden, you know, it's formidable. <laughs> think about it the other way, though. Think about it like if if you have that volume of user base, and and traffic, maybe one of those guys can actually turn around and buy. Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, look four, at MySpace. Four square. Yeah. Four, yeah. four square. Four, four square. Oh. Uh, could be an interesting one, right? Because I, I just think the, the volume is there. I mean, like, these these things are not slowing down at it by any means no. in, in terms of size. I mean, you know, the, the, the new BBM's not, you know, had an initial nice lift, but it, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. No. No, so right. stop it's, sending it, requests, it, please. It, it, it can't compete with a Snapchat and a WhatsApp. There's it, just it's just not happening. You know, right? it could have it could have a year and a half ago. Yes, right, absolutely. But again, absolutely. They, again, they missed, it's just it's just too little, too late. They missed their opportunity. But the other story that broke, and that's interesting. Like, so they they're holding out, and I think that you're going to get into this bidding war where it's between Google and Facebook for Snapchat. Right, and, and, and Facebook tried to. I mean, they built. The, I think they had a thing called Poke or something. Yeah, yeah. Which was their version of Snapchat, yeah. uh, and that went nowhere. Yeah. Right, because that that user base doesn't want to be there. No, it's true, and and, and the I, reality is is it's not even a good move. You know, for uh, if if Snap if Facebook had done that acquisition, just like when they did the Instagram acquisition, you will have a, a user base who comes from Snapchat who's up in arms that says we don't want to be part of Facebook. Right, right, right? and I, you know, and that's what happened with with Instagram uh, and you know, Koala. The, yeah, well, Koala, yeah disappeared but with Instagram it's interesting because now there's backlash that they're talking about saying that uh, that system sold out too soon at a billion dollars and nobody can tell you that you know 18 months ago you negotiate a billion dollar deal and you're the king you're you're heralded as a yeah. champion you know you've got 30 million users at that time 18 months ago and uh, you sell for a billion dollars without actually generating an ounce or a cent of revenue and then so flash forward 18 months and now there's criticism that he sold out for a billion dollars and all these VCs and pundits are going around saying, well, he could have held out for five to 15 now because they've actually generated, um, now they're up to 160, 170 million users. And, and I think that that's, you know, this argument is a false argument in my opinion, simply because the reason that they're at that number of users is because they have the marketing clout of Facebook. They have the ability to not take any more money because they are now part of Facebook. They can leverage the Facebook platform. And the fact that Facebook is pushing it out to 1.2 billion users, they're bound to convert a number of those into this. Then also, they also launched on Insta on, on Android right around that same time. So, you know, it's it, maybe they could have held out for an extra billion. Who knows? But you take
success that he's had over the last uh, 18 months as a result of being acquired by by Facebook and the lift that mobile's having I think is short-sighted I you know take the billion and run for him yeah, uh, and, and I agree with that too I and, you know the reality is though is is it's that deal that he did you know at, at a billion dollars is the one that's setting the valuations the for every you know, snapchat and yeah. for these other guys right now yeah so you know in some respects you know he he's the guy that's you know created that benchmark yeah. right that you know, everybody else is is measuring against so I, I i think it's silly to criticize it i think it's it happened know, he took his it money. happened it was the right move at the time but you know that they were talking about their one of their vcs is, is disappointed was disappointed think about oh, this yeah. that they took the billion dollar deal this came out recently that they're disappointed in that. And, and I think that, you know, I, I, who knows? The monetization of Instagram is still up for grabs. Ads are starting to roll in and whether the people are going to accept them or not and, and whether it's going to ruin the experience of it or not. And there's so many competing products out there. But for a VC to say, like, I'm disappointed that you took the billion dollars, I'm like, come on. It's the arrogance of the venture capital community, specifically, you know, a, a few of these guys. But um, it just it's, it's so interesting to see this difference of a deal 18 months later. No to $3 billion. Like... So uh, Groupon idiots, right? Total idiots, yep. total yep. disaster. Maybe they can rebuild, but come on. Groupon, take $6 billion, you should have taken it. Uh, uh, same thing with Instagram, billion dollars, you take that deal any day. You negotiate it up from 500 million to a billion, you take the deal. But now we're talking mm -hmm. about something like Snapchat being valued at three to five billion maybe, and even more uh, as, as you know these two competing companies are bidding against it. It's just, it's an interesting play and they all are so relevant to the location-based marketing world yes. because at some point, I mean, this will be our primary way of communicating through something like Snapchat or sharing experiences through something like Instagram. It's just a tale of two different companies, but both just so valuable to the ecosystem. So that's why I wanted to get this out and I don't know any other way to do this other than a little addendum to our show. So thanks to see for humoring me. Hey, no worries. All right, that is the All official right. end of this three episode. Three years in the in, in the book. Yes, three years in the book. We'll start our fourth year next week. So please stick around. We'll be here for episode number 157. One week from now, please come back. Thank you for watching, everybody. Thank you for participating through this, our third year. And uh, we hope to do this forever. Well, until you get bored. Until we get bored. And we're never. that's never going to happen. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Seif, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Cheers.